0: That this is an uprising against smug elites. Smug elites. So they are the villains, and the opposite is America. Because America is now one big gay disco.
1: Yes, yes, I that's am. Not, that's not evil being hostile to all mankind
0: and subversive is not evil. One Well, I have to say mm. that because St. Paul said the Jews are enemies of the entire human race. They are.
2: What do you think of Jordan Peterson? Uh,
0: did you see the video about where he said I can't do it? One Adam, I'm trying to do you a favor. You're fighting for the game. Don't make your ignorance normative for the rest Die of life. For the gay
2: disco. Don't don't use those mm-hmm. kinds of slurs You're on. Fighting them. For the gay
0: disco. What, uh, there are there no slurs here? Die. Our most requested guest, uh Dr. E. Michael Jones, a man who needs no introduction. I mean, it is. That's what they that's what they pay the Rockefeller Foundations to. Do. Uh, you're not supposed to know what I just told you. One
3: big game They didn't know about this. They didn't know what we know now. is there any argument you can use to wake them up?
0: Yeah. I think that God had a plan for your life.
2: You well, know, you'd be jerking off every curvy piece of driftwood you saw at the beach.
0: Maybe you would. And you're consistently refusing to talk about pornography.
2: Uh, Pete Buttigieg seems to be
0: the exhibit A of that process. Yes, yes. Because you think that the anus is a sex organ, don't you, Pete? Uh, Richard Spencer hands out Spears and he says, charge the machine gun nest. Dr. Jones. Sorry. Not all of the heads of the Federal Reserve were Jews, but after a certain period of time, uh, that seemed to be the case. Hello, and welcome to another episode of EMJ Live from beautiful downtown South Bend, Indiana. Uh, we are living through momentous times right now. Uh, we are living through the moment, I think, where the, uh, the, the narrative is starting to unravel. I'm talking about the Holocaust narrative. You know, the book, this is, uh, the concept, the idea came out at the exactly the right moment. It's this most significant convergence in my intellectual life, which is now going on over 40 years now. and the place to watch it, uh, disintegrate is Canada. On September 22nd, Canadian, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau singled out a 98 year old Ukrainian Canadian man by the name of Yaroslav Hunka before the parliament in Ottawa as a quote veteran from the second world war who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians close quote Trudeau's announcement provoked two standing ovations from Canada's lawmakers who described Hunka as both a Ukrainian and a Canadian hero. Not longer, not long a- after the applause died down and Hunka wiped the tears of gratitude from his eyes, reports began circulating which documented the fact that Hunka had fought on the side of the Nazis, Canada's enemy during World War II, as a volunteer in the Waffen-SS Galicia division. The Ukrainian Nazi story has been festering in the public mind ever since the Jews and the State Department led by Victoria Nuland through their support behind the Azov Brigade as their proxy warriors of choice in NATO's war against Russia which began in 2014. As some indication of how neuralgic the Ukrainian Nazi story has become the Ukrainian Catholic Archiparchy of Philadelphia, enclosed, that's their word, a monument to Ukrainian war dead at one of its cemeteries on September 14th, two weeks before the Hunka incident in Canada. Uh, In a press release, they said that the Archiparchy seeks open open scholarly and compassionate dialogue with Jewish organizations that have expressed concern over this particular memorial and the complex history behind it. In an article which appeared in the Catholic Review, Metropolitan Archbishop Boris Gudziak of Philadelphia said the recent news articles had, quote, alarmed and hurt the Jewish community of Philadelphia and at the same time evoked concern about the Ukrainians in the area. In his attempt to placate the anger of the Jewish community in Philadelphia, Archbishop Gudziak, Evoked the complicated history of the Galician division and asked Miroslav Skondry, visiting professor of history at Columbia University's Harriman Institute for Russian, Eurasian, and East European Studies in New York, to explicate it for him. According to Skondry, the question of why Ukrainians like Hunka joined the Galician division quote, is generally not explained well or even mentioned in articles. Shkandri then joins the ranks of those scholars by raising the big question, his quotes, which is, why would these people sign up for a losing cause in 1943 when Germany was losing the war? And then he goes on to fail to answer his own question. The elephant in the room, which this article cannot identify is the Jewish participation in the attempt to starve Ukrainians to death that has come to be known as the Holodomor. The Encyclopedia Britannica entry on the Holodomor was written by Anne Applebaum. She's the neoconservative lady who is the wife of former Polish Prime Minister Radoslaw Tomasz Radek Sikorski the crazy warmonger who demanded that NATO give Ukraine nuclear weapons. And so it's not surprising that Britannica plays down Jewish participation in the Holdemore. But even she mentions Lazar Kaganovich, shorn albeit of his Jewish identity. Ever since the Jewish lady Newland overthrew the legitimate government of the Ukraine in 2014, The Jewish Bolsheviks, like Lazar Kaganovich, who were responsible for the Holodomor, have had their identities stolen. They became Russians as soon as Victoria Nuland started the war in the Ukraine, thereby rehabilitating the Nazi war criminals like Hunka and his descendants in the Azov Brigade, which, by the way, the ADL certified as good Nazis. After causing considerable embarrassment to the Canadian government, parliamentary speaker Anthony Rota took responsibility for what he did. In a statement announcing his resignation, Rota said, I particularly want to extend my deepest apologies to Jewish communities in Canada and around the world. I accept full responsibility for my actions. As Rota prepared to fall on his sword, Jewish member of parliament Karina Gold gould who joined in the standing ovation celebrating hunka as a war hero tried to distance herself from this scandal by tweeting quote like all mps i had no further information than the speaker provided exiting the chamber i walked by the individual hunka and took a photo as a descendant of jewish holocaust survivors I would ask all parliamentarians to stop politicizing an issue troubling to many, myself included. Well, I guess it is troubling. You just applauded a Nazi. They're the most wicked people in the history of the universe, according to uh, uh, people like uh, Karima Gould. Then sensing an even more radical form of damage control was necessary, Gould demanded unanimous parliamentary assent, asking for... Uh, to expunge the embarrassing incident permanently from the official record prompting me to tweet Nazi gate goes down the memory hole has MP Karina quote I have relatives who died in the Holocaust goes quote Gould been reading George Orwell does she think that pretending that the standing ovation for the Nazis never happened will blot it from everyone's memory the real source of embarrassment in this affair, which has come to be known as Hategate, was Justin Trudeau himself, who just one year earlier denounced conservative MPs sympathetic to the Canadian trucker convoy of standing with, quote, people who wave swastikas, close quote. Like Speaker Rhoda Trudeau apologized to the Jewish members of parliament who at the moment of Hunker's triumph were celebrating Yom Kippur. But he did this with no recognition that it was they, the Jewish members of parliament, who enabled the weaponization of the Holocaust to demonize the truckers, whose concerns were economic and COVID-related and had nothing to do with Nazism, World War II, or the Holocaust. In a recent discussion of the U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism, Stu Peters brought up the notorious honk honk equals Heil Hitler claim. This allowed Justin Trudeau to invoke the Holocaust narrative to destroy the trucker protest in Canada. This preposterous claim was made by Jewish member of parliament Yara Sachs, who prefaced her remarks with the by now mandatory disclaimer that she had relatives who died in the Holocaust? When Sachs saved the government by invoking the Holocaust, she showed that no one, not even truckers, who never mentioned Jews or anything to do with the Holocaust, no one was safe what has be- from what has become the all-purpose ploy that will rescue any oligarch from the wrath of his own people. I have relatives who died in the Holocaust, will save any politician. Member of Parliament Sachs showed that even scrupulous avoidance of saying anything the Jews might find offensive is no defense against the weaponization of discourse that goes by the name of the Holocaust narrative. Tucker Carlson still refuses to say the word Jew, but that didn't prevent him from being driven from his gig at Fox News when the ADL decided that he had to go. The Holocaust narrative has turned Canada into one of the most totalitarian governments in the world. This is bad news for the Canadian people, but it is also a warning to everyone else currently under the hegemony of the Holocaust narrative, because Canada is the canary in the mine shaft. When that bird is found dead at the bottom of its cage, it's a sign that it's time for the miners to leave before they too succumb to the invisible carbon monoxide, which is the best analogy of Jewish privilege in our day. In their recent book, The Hate Gate Affair, authors Kareem Assad and Elisa Hadigan give new insight into how Hong Kong came to mean Heil Hitler by explaining how Jewish NGOs and other front groups control law enforcement in Canada by invoking the Holocaust narrative. The spider at the center of this web is Bernie Farber, founder of the now defunct Canadian Jewish Congress, but more importantly, the man who founded Canadians Against Hate Work, Hate Network, the Canadians Against Hate Network in 2018. In the five years since Farber conjured his NGO into existence, Khan has become the recipient of numerous government grants but more importantly it has used that money to gain control over law enforcement in canada Sad and hardy can tell the story of how canadian war veteran jeremy mckenzie got railroaded by a canadian system based on a case that was a canadian legal system based on a case that was based entirely on unverified accusations leveled by farber, farber as the front man for jewish interest as represented by Kahn. Farber used the same tactics to discredit the trucker convoy. According to Saad and Hardigan. on March 2022, Farber tweeted, and this is a quote from their book, the photo of an anti-Semitic flyer supposedly taken by his friend at a Freedom Convoy event in Ottawa. This turned out, thanks to a reverse image search, to originate from Miami Beach. She doesn't explain further, but this was uh, the work of our good friend, Handsome Truth and the Goyim Defense League. Once again, they become accessories uh, to the extension using the Holocaust as a weapon to hurt people. In any other iteration of reality, the idea that someone appointed to Prime Minister Trudeau's expert advisory group on online safety could possibly fabricate evidence to smear liberal government critics as anti-Semites would warrant scrutiny, but not in Canada. The authors have created an admirable piece of journalism, but as so often the case with journalism, they can't see the forest for the trees. The main problem lies with their internalization of Jewish categories. The main Jewish category is that Jews as a collective entity, which acts ruthlessly in its own self-defense and defiance of the rule of law, that this category does not exist. If Bernie Farber is the founder of both the CJC and Khan, Why isn't this story about Jewish control of Canadian law enforcement or Jewish control of the Canadian press? Neither author can bring herself to make that claim, even though the text provides ample evidence to bring it up. This is going to be... As you probably figured out it's going to be an article in culture wars magazine that deals with a lot more material uh, than i really want to go into at this point but i'm saying here that as i said with the story the earlier story was uh, released last week about anthony blinken being a holocaust liar uh, anthony blinken's story uh talks about his father samuel his stepfather Samuel pizar uh using uh, the Holocaust to get anything he wanted to win any argument. And he did it by simply rolling up his sleeve and showing the Auschwitz tattoo. This is the story of Canada. This is the story of how abortion got legalized in Canada. The man's name was Henry Morgenthaler. You could go on YouTube and see him debating, debating Bernard Nathanson. The Jew from New York who was responsible for abortion, but at that time had converted against, at this point, I think simply against abortion. He eventually became a Catholic, and now he's gone to his eternal reward uh, based on the mercy of God for all of the wicked things he did during his life. This uh, is a story that goes on and on and on, and we're now reaching the point where we can identify it. Okay, I just uh, looked at uh, Elon Musk is now going to be subjected to uh, Jewish thought control. He's now uh, had a conference with Elon. Mu- I'm sorry, with Ben Shapiro and ten Jews who hectored him about uh, the existence of anti-Semitism on the internet. I just got attacked by say caught being called a Holocaust denier uh, and used as a weapon to beat up Elon Musk. All of these terms are categories of the mind, which the Jews have used to destroy our cultures over the past 70 years. For my entire lifetime, this has been the story, anti-Semite, Holocaust denial, white supremacist, and so on and so forth. These are the terms. These are terms that have no meaning. They are categories of the mind that Jews create like hate speech, which has no content. It's simply an indication of what Jews don't like and how they can invoke the Holocaust narrative to destroy you, destroy your reputation, destroy your ability to earn a livelihood in a process where you have no government protection and no rights whatsoever we have reached the battle here. This is over the battle of the future of the American Republic and the rep- future of the American empire as well, which means the future of just about every country in the world that is controlled by the American empire. This, it, this battle has to be won. We have to have a substantiation of the fact that we live under the rule of law and that everyone is equal under the rule of law. And there's no such thing as Jewish privilege when it comes to the rule of law or control of the Internet. That's my rant. Let's hear what you have to say.
4: All right hello once again uh you have stumbled on or planned on uh coming to emj live every friday at five i'm mike Pajakis, dr jones assistant this is a section of our podcast where we do call-ins the call on our in our, in our uh, t- uh, telegram channel the link is in the description uh we're going to call on those who raise their hands and later in the stream uh we'll read off questions in the chat uh there are no paid super chats Try to keep questions on subject, try to keep to one question at a time, be respectful of people's time, and do not forget to unmute yourself. Okay, there's my weekly rant. Let's go to Telegram. First up, we have Jack. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Hey, can you hear me, you Michael Jones? I can. Hey, I just want to say I love you and I love all your work, and I wish you uh, great health and God bless you. Thank you. That's all I had to say. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks, Jack. Um, moving on to, let's go to MV. Go ahead, MV.
2: Dr. Jones, uh, good.
4: Oh, hold on one second. You there, MV?
2: Still here? Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Dr. Jones, uh, g- great introduction. One thing you mentioned that isn't really confirmed. And this comes from some uh, personal contact uh the fact that the canadian alleged nazi from ukraine i say alleged i mean we have to go by what they tell us that he volunteered for the ss unit uh that was not always the case and i knew somebody who was about his age who died a couple of years ago who was with estonian uh, the estonian military who was fought forced to fight for the germans he was an air crewman later after the assassination attempt on adolf hitler things were shuffled around, he was put into an SS unit. He did not volunteer, he did not swear allegiance to Adolf Hitler, but that kind of thing happened. So everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, talking about sending this 98 year old guy back to Poland to stand trial. And we really need to sort out the facts on that. However, everything else you said about this, it goes back to something else you, you mentioned that the only reason they're able to get away with these potential exaggerations is there are so few people around, so few veterans who can say, no, that's not really what happened. And now the lies are just getting exponentially bigger.
0: I witnessed this personally uh, when I I was in Germany. I was in Germany from 1973 to 1976. I knew many, many men older than me who were in the Wehrmacht, uh, who had been put into Russian prisoner of war camps and so on and so forth. And at that time, no one would level uh, accusations like this because there were too many people around who had been there who could contradict what they're saying. So the the irony, the paradox here, is that the farther we get from the uh, events of World War II, the more accusations get raised because no one can uh, defend themselves. Now, how do you, what is the defense here? Defense, the truth is an absolute defense. And if you're hindering the spread of the truth, if you're prohibiting research in this area by calling it Holocaust denial, you're the one who's contributing to the violence. And I've said this before about the ADL. They're responsible for the violence that comes from prohibiting speech. We have to put the, lay the blame at the people who are causing the problem. There should be no limits on the research that-, that you're allowed to do here.
2: I don't believe for a moment that the Canadian Parliament didn't know who this guy was or the Canadian government didn't know what his real background was when they admitted him at the end of World War II. Because any real war criminals, I would think they'd be scouring the earth for them. He was right. just a, a private, what, 20, 22 years old? You know.
0: No, I th- uh, first of all, I gave a speech uh, in Winnipeg years ago, probably 30 years ago uh to a group of ukrainians it was my first uh, re- real exposure to the fact that there are lots of ukrainians out there a lot of them came over after world war ii and uh basically that this the government has been working hand in glove through people like christia freeman who has i think uh, connections uh, to the ukrainian community i think she's one of them uh, uh basically to uh train people like the azov brigade now, I'm saying that if you look into that, you know, there's pro- there's rational reason why the Ukrainians would want to join up with the Nazis. And the answer is the Holodomor. If, uh, but the point is that people like Lazar Kaganovich were known as Jewish Bolsheviks at that point. They weren't known as Russians. And what they're doing is this judo of flipping all of their identities to Russian now to justify NATO's war in the Ukraine. That's what's going on here. It's identity theft and, and shame on them. Shame on that. it's been a double game. Dustin Trudeau has been playing this double game for years now.
2: Interesting. Well, I uh, just got a copy of your latest book. I'm looking forward to reading it. Thank you. God bless you.
4: All right, uh, let's see, next. No one is raising their hands at the moment. Anyone, this is rare. Would anyone like to ask a question? Or anyone from Cozy wanna jump in if they got a good question. We got our normal numbers going today. No one wants to ask a question. Alright. Uh let's see if I could Cozy. Anyone in Cozy Ah, one's jumping up Good, 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 good. Okay. Uh, Basil. Go ahead, Basil.
2: Hi. Right. Um, just quick question for Dr. Jones. Thanks for everything that you do, but how do you kind of see this going in the future, the whole narrative, everything that's going on, not just in our society, but in the world, how does this kind of play out as awareness is growing, but the, the fight to counter that awareness is growing even more? Um, how does it become part of the public discourse of the conversation you're having right now? Where does it go from here and how does it not get ugly?
0: uh, it goes, this is a uh, war. This is culture wars. And basically, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my prediction that my narrative, my category of the mind corresponds to reality. Okay. And it's going to defeat their categories of the mind. And I think that's what, so what I just mentioned this tweet by this front group, uh, uh you know, uh, virtuous people against anti-Semitism or hashtag or something like that. Well, it's a front group. Who knows who these people are, you know? Anyway, uh, what are they doing? I, I said before, it's a big gun they have, but they got two bullets. And one is anti-Semite and the other is Holocaust denial. Well, I know that. You said that already i i'm aware of everything you said about that you're still coming up with the same old argument you didn't refute anything that i said H- have you been listening or not well if you're not listening how can you join in the conversation if you're not going to listen and you're just going to say the same thing over and over again like anti-semite holocaust denier i have relatives who died in the holocaust that's not that's not really convincing It worked like magic, uh, until it didn't work like magic. And I think that's what's happening right now. I'm telling you, this is, I have these people who say, you know, Oh, you, who do you think this, this old boomer this old boomer thinks he's going to change the world by writing books or something like that. Well, you know what? That's exactly what this old boomer thinks. They created a narrative. I'm critiquing the narrative. And I'm, going, I'm betting my life on the fact that the truth is great and it will prevail, no matter how much money they have, no matter how many media outlets the Jews control. I'm betting my life on the fact that the truth is great and it will prevail.
2: Amen. Amen. Thanks for that. You're welcome.
4: All right. Let's go next to... Glenn, there's still only one person raising their hand. So if anyone could want to be next, make sure you raise your hand. Let's go to Glenn right now. Go ahead. You there, Glenn? Don't forget to unmute. Glenn, muse.
3: Going once. Okay, there we go. How's that? Good. Yeah, um, I'm down here. Like I mentioned before, down here in Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia. We're in the middle of this great fiasco that's happening in Ottawa, the biggest distraction ever, 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 okay? And and uh, right now, personally, I have three lawsuits going on here against these people, and I'm winning the three of them. And and one of them is with the Human Rights Commission. I've got word today they're looking for, they offer me money. The second one is a, a Jewish organization that took over my housing program, and now I have to sue them to get back. Money they they took away from the housing I was trying to develop. And the third one is something that happened where I fell in the parking lot here and now the Jews have to pay me a big sum of money and I'm building my little house out in New Waterford next to the ocean. So that I'm winning on three fronts here. I don't give a shit what they do in Ottawa. I'm on a little island with an island mentality. I had a Catholic priest and I had traditional mass and I think my life is pretty good and I don't give a shit about Trudeau. I don't care right. about Poyot, none of them.
0: All right. All right. You're, you're, right. you're speaking, you're speaking to a number of important issues here. First of all, Canada is one of the biggest countries in the world, which means you have a very sparse population, which means it's difficult to control. As you said, you're off an island in the, off the, in the Atlantic somewhere. Okay. It's difficult to control these things. Now, Let's go back to uh, how you control people. The best way to control people is get them to internalize your narrative. And that's what the Jews have done over this period of time. How have they been so successful? The short answer to that question is they've taken over the Catholic Church. Now, I go to Mass every day now. I go to Mass. And you can go to your local parish and you can still get sacraments that will dispense the grace that you need to get to heaven. And if Andrew Anglin is out there, uh, please pay attention to what I'm saying and stop making uh, homosexual priests the paradigm. Uh, they are the exception and not the rule. Okay. But even that, even saying that, the fact is that the Catholic Church uh, uh, has been captured. And I'm saying, I'm saying, okay, this, I, this is another uh, book that I just got. This is the gist of, uh, Robertson Genesis new book about, uh, the Mosaic covenant, the bishops, the United States bishops in 2006 issued their catechism in which they said the Mosaic covenant is eternally valid. Bobson Genesis wrote an article. He wrote an article in culture wars magazine saying that that was heretical and he convinced the bishops and the bishops. Took, withdrew uh, in 2008 they took a poll over 200 bishops to like 14 uh said it's right we're going to take it out and that was the order and and at this point at this point the bishops fulfilled their mandate as to uh, preaching the gospel uh but they handed it to the bureaucrats and the bureaucrats did nothing they slow walked this thing and for 10 years they didn't uh, do anything this is precisely the problem this is so. When you go to this fact now that the Catholic Church has been crippled in that regard, and you add to that fact that the Canadian bishops in 1968 uh, issued a statement called the Winnipeg Statement, in which they said uh, they distanced themselves from Rome and said that the Canadian Catholics did not have to follow Humane Vitae or the Church's uh, teaching on on uh, uh, contraception, they lost their authority. And when they lost their authority, they could not uphold the moral order. And when they could not uphold the moral order, the vultures came in and took over and created the police state that is now Canada. So this is not uh, the same such a thing happened. Mutatis mutandis in Ireland. It happened. The same thing happened in Germany. These are areas I'm familiar with. And the solution to this is always the same. The church has to regain its identity. It has to come back to the traditional teaching of the Catholic church on the Jews, which is basically that they have the, the church is the new israel and it, it's soup and that the mosaic covenant was revoked at the moment of christ's crucifixion and that revocation was ratified with the destruction of the temple in 70 a.d so the jews have no way to practice the mosaic to fulfill the mosaic covenant because they don't have a temple a priesthood and a sacrifice this is all related it's all related And if you look at how this thing unraveled, you can see the way back, which is basically for these countries to regain their Catholic identity. Ireland is probably the simplest example because it happened there most recently. It was only, I mean, it was five years ago that abortion came to Ireland. I mean, it was 50, almost 55 years ago in the United States of America. And I've, I've discussed this with Gemma O'Doherty. And basically the reason is that there was no Jewish influence in Ireland when there was a lot of Jewish influence in America ever since the pogroms, ever since, uh, they came over, uh, from Russia. And that result was if you let you let them in you let them run hollywood they're going to take over and they will rule you with an iron rod And at the beginning, it sounds uh, like a good deal because you get to have free sex and look at pornography and all that type of stuff that they're famous for. Uh, You can have an abortion and call it uh, a a sacrament, uh, a fundamental Jewish value and so on and so forth. But the net result is political control and being ruled by an iron rod and no rule of law anymore in any of these countries because of Jewish NGOs like the one Bernie Farber created in Canada
4: okay moving on here let's go to uh, let's go to Tad go ahead Tad are you there Tad don't forget to unmute hi sorry Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, what do you know about uh, Jewish collaboration with Nazi Germany I'm curious if there well, was i mean, any, I mean
0: you know there were, they they both had a common inter you were talking about zionism uh they both had a common interest which was to get the jews out of europe and into uh palestine uh and so they collaborated on that that's that's uh, that's a fact that's one area of collaboration there were jews who were kapos at the, at the concentration camps these are all inconvenient truths that uh, get get swept under the rug If you have something else, bring it to my attention.
4: Thank you. I just have one other comment, uh, for the people listening, uh, I, I don't know. I, I try to spread the link for this show around as much as possible. Like on forums, uh, through stickers, things like that I have for years. Uh, if anybody has any other ideas for getting like the word out,
0: you know, or just, uh, you know, sort of join me in that. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Thank
4: you. All right. Thanks, Tad. Uh let's go to Lloyd. Our friend Lloyd. Go ahead, Lloyd.
3: Hi, Mark. Good to speak with you again. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can, Lloyd. All the way from yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way from Australia. Yeah, I just want I, I agree with you.
3: I think we're at a critical point in history and I, I think that there's a, a great opportunity here that, you know. As, as they get more and more cornered, we might see a mass conversion. So I think um, one of the things we need to do is pray for the conversion of the Jews. I mean, seriously and sincerely pray for the conversion of the Jews. I know you've brought a lot of Jews into the church yourself. Um, I, I think a lot of them are going to be feeling
4: very um, isolated, um, but we have to stand up for the truth continuously.
3: And uh, as you say, the truth will, will set us all free. That's my comment.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you, Lloyd. Uh, I would just gave a speech in Cincinnati. Met a Jewish convert down there. Uh, uh, I've also, you know, I g- get get uh, reports, from people on the internet on a regular basis. Uh, you're right. You're right. Because this is going to get, uh, it's, they're going to get more and more extreme as as time goes on. Uh, that's that's that is what we have to pray for. And if we have to pray for conversion and. I'm seeing it happening in a way that I've never seen before. So, and we have to stick to the truth and, and no violence. <laughs> we have to just stick to the that's truth. That's right. And there are all kinds of people who want to lead us away into uh, crazy stuff. At the very moment that uh, Elon Musk is trying to say that, uh, uh, you, know, you know, this is reasonable to object to the ADL censorship. you got the Goyim defense lead standing on a bridge in Florida giving the Hitler salute this is exactly the type of thing that is counterproductive this is it plays right into the hands of the adl it's so obvious that that that's the case so that's that's what we got to do you're right you're absolutely right thanks
4: all right uh thank you lloyd next we have let's see uh rockabilly fascist go ahead mr fascist don't forget to unmute yourself.
1: Hello. 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 Oh, hey, uh, Dr. Jones. A pleasure to be able to speak with you. I've been following your work for a, a long time, and uh, I think I got got the gist of everything you have to say. I, I agree with everything, but the one thing, if you forgive my ignorance, that uh, I, I don't understand is what is the difference between
0: categories of reality and categories of the mind? Okay, let, let me give you an example. There are people who voted for Donald Trump. That is a category of reality. You can, you can their names, you can, they, they went to the poll booth, you could find their names, if they were on the voters' rolls and so on and so forth. Uh, Hillary Clinton described these people as a basket of deplorables. That's a category or category of the mind that doesn't refer to any reality. It refers to uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, twisted mind, her prejudices and so on and so forth. That's the distinction that I'm making. Does that make sense to you? Yes, that
1: example does. And I, I, you know, I listened uh, probably two or three times uh, to your debate with Jack, Jared Taylor on race. And I remember you gave that example, um, I guess I'm just wondering. <laughs> I, I still can't wrap my head around. Maybe all right. I'm a, let, let me give you. you know, let me give okay.
0: you another example pertinent to the Holocaust. Okay, uh, it's in the Holocaust narrative, but basically, uh, Eisenhower shows up at this camp called Ordruf. Okay, when he gets to the camp, this is a concentration camp. Nobody knows about anymore. There are dead bodies all over the ground. That is a category of reality. Those bodies were there. That that wasn't made up. They were there. Okay, what does Eisenhower want to do? He wants to weaponize that by imposing on it categories of the mind. And the main category of the mind that got imposed on that was Gas chambers, uh, that that type of thing. In other words, deliberate extermination. And then that got built uh, after that. It's a word. The order came down from Berlin to exterminate the Jews, and so on and so forth. And that just got by the by the time you reached uh, the 1980s and the Schindler's uh, Shoah. Uh, I'm sorry, Steven Spielberg's Shoah Foundation. It lost all contact with reality. Those categories of the mind lost all contact with reality, and people just started making up the most crazy stuff you can imagine. So uh, that's the sliding scale. I would uh, describe be- be- like the photographs of the corpses in Bergen Belsen, that was real. But the question is how they die. Well, the answer is typhus. If you go to Dachau, there were corpses all over the ground there. When the Americans arrived, there was boxcars full of corpses. How did those, that's real. I'm not denying that. How did they die? There were no gas chambers at Dachau. How did they die then? There's a big sign that says uh, typhus, uh, danger, typhus. That was there. This is precisely the sleight of hand that is essential to propaganda, where you take an obvious category of reality and then impose meaning on it that serves your political agenda.
1: Okay, yeah, I I think I'm pretty uh, comfortable with that answer. Uh, I, I... I guess when I think about it in the context of race or like the, the a, a definition of a white race in reality uh, okay Europeans are real there are people that live in Europe but to impose this concept of white is not it's not real No no
0: let's no, no, let's go what do you mean by race do you mean uh, this my nose my skin the kind of hair that I have as opposed to, uh, you know, somebody from Cameroon who's got much darker skin. Okay. They're categories of reality. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that people look different. And if you want to use race to describe that fine. But what I'm talking about is the categories of the mind that get imposed on race. That is the history of the United States of America, basically. So what you had beginning in Virginia, you created this thing called the white race. Well, wait a minute. There were Scotch-Irish slaves who had been sold into uh, servitude to serve in the colonies because if they had stayed in Scotland after the Jacobite rebellion, they all would have been hanged. Okay, There's, that's, a, that's a category of reality. They were put together with slaves, chattel slaves from Africa who looked different, obviously, Okay, but the point of this was to have there was a political purpose in mind, which is divide the divide, the working class so that they don't unite and start, uh, you know, asking for wages. I'm not. This is the whole point. It's the same sleight of hand that always takes place when you're dealing with pornography. You're asked to accept an obvious category of reality, like the color of your skin, and then suddenly, oh, there's meaning to it. Well, who imposed the meaning? What? It, tell, me, tell me what the meaning of my nose is. I'd really like to know. Does my nose have a meaning? Well, yeah, it does. If you accept these categories of the mind, that's ridiculous. And if you wanna go into, I've talked about, if you wanna go into ethnicity, I'll talk about that. If you wanna get into language and so on and so forth, I'll talk about that because they're categories of reality. But if you don't understand how categories of the, of reality get twisted into categories of the mind. You don't understand propaganda and you will be led down the path to servitude, which is precisely what happened here with the Holocaust narrative categories of reality got changed into categories of the mind. And these are the things that rule, uh, uh, the world right now. It's that serious. Yeah,
1: no, I I hear you loud well and clear. Uh, I appreciate your answer. Um, I think I'm getting a clearer picture. I guess uh, I I've always looked at it as you know there's there's does seem to be in reality like you know cognitive differences, behavioral differences between peoples of a certain uh, you know look versus others and. I had the opportunity this year to uh, go to Africa and you see and you see the uh, low levels of development and things like that uh, and uh, there's not a whole lot of productive work going on uh, let You're me just right. say that so I, I wonder you know what you know it, 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 are you saying that, that this conception of race is only skin deep or is there a valid conception of race that is not, just skin deep, but is not being imposed by uh, somebody right, who if wishes you're, to, uh, if to you're divide in conquer.
0: If you're asking me, is there a culture in Africa? Of course, there is. If you're asking me about economic development in Africa, why don't you look into what? Look into mm-hmm. what just happened in Niger. What is sweeping through all of the French colonies of in Africa right now? All of those. Why are they doing that? Because of French economic imperialism. This is, this is a, a group of, first of all, let's take a step back, okay? Uh, my barbarian ancestors from Germany uh, used to chase pigs through the forest until the Benedictines showed up, and their motto was "Ora et labora, and they taught the Germans how to work. It took a thousand years but basically what happened is you had the most productive workforce in the world because of what they learned because of Catholicism, because of what that says about human labor and so on and so forth. Okay. You can't expect that same type of development to happen uh, since 1987. Okay. Which is when the diocese of Mbinga came into existence. They have a, a, a partnership with the diocese of Würzburg. They, that diocese came into existence in 743. Okay, you can't uh, pretend that it doesn't take time to uh, do this. Now, the other thing is that at exactly the same time that we're trying to have this development, the colonial powers are trying to institute a kind of neocolonialism with uh, uh, stealth by stealth. And I discovered this when I went to Kenya. T-shirts are neocolonialism. It's called Matumba. In Swahili, they have a word for it. T-shirts, every day, a ball of, a hundred pound ball of T-shirts rolls off a ship in Mombasa and they spread out throughout the country and sell this stuff, uh, cheap junk, uh, to the people of Kenya. This cripples economic development in Kenya. No cotton gets grown in Kenya anymore. There's no production of cloth. That These T-shirts, free trade has wrecked it. And so when the the East African countries understood this, they put tariffs on Mutumba. And what happened then? The Jewish rag pickers from New Jersey went to Secretary Mnuchin, the Secretary of Treasury, and said, threaten them with sanctions. And that's what Mnuchin did. And every country in East Africa backed down except for Rwanda. That's imperialism. That's the way the Treasury Department uh, enables the American empire to rule the world, and that is precisely what's thwarting development in Africa. There's nothing mystical about this, this, this race thing. I'm saying that that is exactly what needs to happen there. Okay? You have to be able to separate out here what's going on and assign the, the blame to the proper place. That's what's got to happen. I, I, the white boys are mad at me. They've been mad at me for years now because I say this type of stuff. We've been, we've been back and forth over this. Uh, no one has come up with any type of serious objection to what I said. Are you saying there is no prob- imperialism? There's no of sanctions have not been threatened in East Africa? No. No, they just go back to the same old tire stuff. Look, I'm starting to realize that there are two, two wings here. It's not the left wing and the right wing. It's the Jews and the white boys. They are both united on the idea of racial superiority. And they're both mad at me. I mean, so I wrote to one of them. I said, look, because I disagree. This is about the Holocaust narrative. the, The comments are coming in. So because I disagree with the Jews, does that mean I have to agree with the Nazis? No. No, there's another story out there. And I've already mentioned that story. It's the Christos and Dachau story, which has been suppressed and hijacked by people like Ailey Wiesel and all the Jews who promote that book.
1: No, I, and uh, I, I hope you don't think that any, my, my line of questioning was was coming from a, a position of hostility or anything. I'm, I'm legitimately curious, because like I said, I've had everybody out there uh, on the scene right now, in, in the dissident right wing, uh, and, and everything like that. I think you hit the n- nail on the head. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just like you. I was I was raised Catholic in Philadelphia. And, and, and where where in, where and, in
0: Philadelphia? Uh, I'm in Northeast Philly. Boy. That's I where I grew to, up. I where 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 in Northeast Philadelphia?
1: Uh, it's a little neighborhood, uh, home Circle. Yeah. Home Circle. Did you
0: did you, did know, you go Homsburg. did you, did you go to Father Judge?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. Ah, see. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I was, I was, uh, yeah, that's where I went to high school and yeah, I was, I was raised I was originally from Frankfurt, but you know, when I was a little kid, but, uh, yeah. went there and then, uh, I'm, I'm also a, a temple graduate
0: myself. Ah. So I, <laughs> yeah. ah. that's, so, that's amazing. Uh, so you, so you now look, uh, the, uh, Philadelphia is now famous for these riots now where that black lady known as Meatball uh, engaged in rioting and now she's crying (laughs) uh, because she got arrested and had to put up $25,000 in bail or something like that. And it's also uh, famous for the zombies on Kensington Avenue. Uh, My both sides, my family and my wife's family both came from Fishtown originally. The, the one part, other other part, the Irish side came from uh, North Philadelphia, the Irish parishes over there. Uh, that was a that was a working class Catholic neighborhood. It wasn't all Catholic, but it was predominantly Catholic. And what I, I wish I, I, I've said, I've had this thought, I'll express it to you now. I wrote uh, John Cardinal Kroll and the Cultural Revolution to find out what happened. I think I did. And the diocese turned on me. You know, they tried to put me out of business. It's a sad story. And then I wrote The Slaughter of Cities. And now I think back, if, if they had, suppose the diocese had said, this is k- true. We need to have a discussion about what happened to Catholic parishes. Uh, high schools like Cardinal the largest Catholic high school in the world. Grade schools like Most Blessed Sacrament. We need to discuss ethnic cleansing. If that discussion had happened, we'll never know because it didn't happen. Would we be in the same situation? Because the situation is an unmitigated disaster. And the main villain in this, in my humble opinion, is the Soros prosecutor, the Jew Larry Krasner, who's DA there. Who announced that he wasn't going to prosecute misdemeanors? And now we're in a situation where you have mobs just looting stores. This is a disaster. And I trace it back to the destruction of the Catholic neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Thank you. Thank you.
4: All right. Thank you, Rockabilly Fascist. Uh, now, um, uh, let's see. It's, this is usually time where we go to questions in the chat, but we only have like four minutes left. Um, do you want a couple
0: questions, Doc? Yeah, let's Something go to, to, say- to the chat. Questions. All right, let's
4: go to the chat. Um, let's see. Uh, first, uh, from Cozy, uh, from WZ 10997. Uh, Dr. Jones, how will the Holocaust narrative unravel in Germany? Will America have to go first?
0: Um, the German people are faced with an existential existential threat to their existence because the Americans have blown up their pipeline. Germany cannot survive without cheap energy. Ninety nine percent of the uh, gro- I think it's the gross national product is gets exported to other parts of the world. They are faced with an existential crisis. It's do or die in Germany. And so I had breakfast today with a, a German professor and we had an immediate meeting of the minds about the reality of the situation. The Germans are going to have to start listening to people like Princess Gloria from Torno and Toxas, who said that the Greens are now implementing the Morgenthau plan. They're going to have to have this discussion. Uh, it, 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 you cannot, if there's anything that we learned from the history of East Germany, the Demo- Deutsche Demokratische Republik, it's that you can't turn everybody into a spy on everyone else. It doesn't work. It doesn't work over the long haul. It's not going to work in Germany. Eventually, they're going to have to come to the reality of the situation, which is that NATO is their enemy and their NATO is using the war in the Ukraine to destroy Germany, to destroy the manufacturing base of Germany so that Americans have a complete monopoly over life in Europe. That's not in the interest of any European nation. And they're going to have to wake up to it sooner or later.
4: Okay, next question on Cozy from Catalyst. Uh, Dr. Jones, is there any chance of a good pope to be elected in the next conclave, or do we have to suffer uh, more uh, for more time?
0: Uh, the best example is what happened uh, at, uh, at the time of the Counter-Reformation. The usurers were ready to rush to Rome when, uh, I think it was when Leo X died. He was a Medici. They were ready to rush to Rome and give lend money to the cardinals so that they could bribe other cardinals to become pope. Uh, and before they, the usurers could get there, uh, they elected a new pope, and that pope basically launched the counter-reformation. So it can happen at any moment. It's like the, the, the football game. You can win it in the last second. It's, this can happen at any moment in history. I don't know what. I'm not privy to what's going on. Uh, But I know there's a reaction among a lot of the cardinals and bishops to this Jesuit takeover of the church that's crippling the church's uh, evangelical efforts right now. Uh,
4: From Joe Indians, um, did the star of uh, Remfan turn into the star of David?
0: I have no idea. idea.
4: Okay, Uh, Let's see. Um, Ah, from... uh, GlueCon on Cozy. Uh, question. Uh, do you think women will be made deacons during the Senate? No. Okay. Um from Kingfish AF. Uh are we going to discover death camps when the Russo Ukrainian war ends? No. No. Okay. All right, quick. We're we're getting through them quick today. Um, uh, from Renvant 14, why does, uh, why do baby boomers think race is skin
0: deep? Uh because it's the truth. Right. I just got, I just got, uh, uh, something I wanted to throw back at the people who refer to people of my generation as baby boomers. What's the one group that is most supportive of the Ukraine war? It's the 20-year-olds. What's the one group that is least supportive of the war in Ukraine? It's the baby boomers.
4: All right. From 230. uh, Was media blitz of 2002 on child abuse in church in response to the anti-war speech John Paul II gave in December 01?
0: Not sure. I'm not sure. I, one of the things I do I do know is that uh, the attack on the church uh, around the time of uh, intensified around the time of the war in the Ukraine. I'm, I'm sorry, the war, the invasion of Iraq. At that point, uh, Rod Dreyer, who had just become a Catholic, wrote an, a scurrilous article. And I think it was, I think it was National Review, in which he said. Uh, No Catholic is obliged to follow Pope John Paul II uh, and his opinions on war and peace because of the sex abuse crisis in the church. That was a shameless piece of pandering uh, that should haunt uh, Rod Dreyer to his grave, and I hope he apologizes for making it at some point or other.
4: From SS Tiger, uh, Dr. Jones, have you received direct feedback from Jewish organizations on the book yet?
0: I just received feedback on Twitter uh, calling me a Holocaust denier. Now, they, they, these people, these Jewish organizations are, are in a bind because the first line of uh, attack against anyone they don't like is called dynamic silence. So if they announce, if they put, the ADL puts out an announcement saying, E. Michael Jones wrote a book called The Holocaust Narrative. It's a terrible book. Do not read it guess what would happen uh everyone would rush out to buy the book and i just got an email from someone who said uh, hey i found out about you from the adl Uh, they mentioned your name and i go i went and did some research and and you're the guy this is great what you're saying so i said well thank god for the adl because they're spreading the word here this is what hegel calls the cunning of reason God will use the wickedness of groups like or people in the ADL to spread his word. And if my uh, writing is part of God's word, it will spread, period. And they won't be able to stop it.
4: All right, Dr. Jones, uh, three past six. Do you want one more, maybe? Two more. Two more? All right. Um, From Truth Lover, are Jesuits all bad or are there any based ones?
0: The last good Jesuit I knew of it was Paul Mankowski and he died a couple of years ago. It was Paul Mankowski who told me that, uh, he, he was being persecuted by the Jesuits, uh, because, uh, he wouldn't go along with the homosexual agenda in the order that the order was pushing. So I'm, um, whether they're good, uh, um, there's a good Jesuit, um, he, three of them showed up at my house when they were all ordained at the same time. And there's a guy named Kevin and I apologize father, because I don't remember your last name. And I met him in Ireland, so he's still out there fighting the good fight. But uh, the problem is the order has um, basically made the homosexual agenda normative. And even if you're not a homosexual, you have to go along with it. And if you uh, uh, express disapproval they take this as an act of disloyalty and that's tragic for what was once a great organization
4: okay last question pretty practical from uh, ss tiger uh, are there any plans to have the holocaust narrative translated into foreign languages yes and did you want to describe those plans or are they no top secret okay top secret plans all right. Well, there you, there you are. Once again, uh, this was EMJ Live. We're every Friday at five for you people who stumbled on us. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to Culture Wars magazine, I ask every month or every week, and I want you to do it every week. If you don't do it, culturewars.com. Got a great issue coming up next month. All the books will be found at fidelitypress.org, especially a Holocaust narrative. We're selling them like crazy. Make sure you subscribe to everything. You guys know what to do. Cozy, Telegram, what have you. Any last words, Dr. Jones?
0: Yes, the truth is great, and it will prevail. There you are. All right, everybody. Have a good day. God
4: bless. See you next week.